Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another bonus episode from the Otakuology Podcast. I am Otaku Mike, and this is Mike's Invincible Podcast, where we talk all things invincible. So we are back again with issue 10. If you don't remember what happened in issue 9, um, it was pretty much... Um, how do I explain it? Um, the new formation of the Guardians of the Globe, uh, in a nutshell. That's what it was. Uh, but we lead off with issue 10 with Mark fighting a new character, uh, Dr. Uh, Seisma, or at least Seismic, I believe it's called. I think his name's Dr. S- Dr. Seismic. That's what his name is. Sorry. And Dr. Seismic is fighting invincible um what looks to be in a um national park of sorts and he's like uh invincible i've never heard of you you know uh, he's like yeah i think you should probably know me I'm, I'm kind of famous type of thing you know and you see him blast invincible with his seismic gauntlets uh tearing ripping through this this um mountain and Invincible's falling down, but little does uh, Dr. Seismic know Invincible can fly, right? So, Invincible is fighting this Dr. Seismic. And then we find out that, actually, um, this is taking place in Mount Rushmore. Um, we have this really interesting uh, aspect to the fight where Dr. Seismic is actually going to die at one point and uh, Invincible goes to save him, but he's like, I don't need your help. And he's like, blast him up in the air. Luckily, Invincible saves the day and he's like, you know, uh, I think I can get used to this whole saving the day thing because you see in the background where Mount Rushmore is, you see like these uh, hikers or looks like, looks to be like Boy Scouts or a park ranger. I can't really tell. And they're clapping for him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, woohoo, yeah, woohoo! Uh, uh, Invincible's the best, yeah, best ever." So this is a pretty. It was a pretty fun little fight to see. Uh, nothing too crazy or out of the ordinary with this. Just Invincible fighting Doctor Seismic, and Doctor Seismic kind of looks like the Vulture a little bit, like in his facial features. He kind of looks like the Vulture. Or that guy, what was that guy's name in one of the issues? I think his name was like Biplane. He's like balding and he kind of looks like if the vulture's body was on like a weird version of the Shocker, I would say. Because he has like this weird like conductor's outfit on. But he has like these really cool like, they almost look like the gauntlets from like the Spider-Man villain, the Shocker. Um so we transition from that to Mark is up late. It looks like he just came home, maybe. It's hard to say. Nolan is up, and he's like, uh, Mark. And he's like, hey, Dad, uh, I didn't know you'd be up and awake. And he's like, look, Mark, we need to have a talk. Obviously, this is the talk that Nolan wanted to have last issue, but never got to uh, that point. He's like, look, Dad, look, I'm I'm tired. Um, I don't really need the whole birds and the bees talk. Um, 
I'm really not looking to, to do that right now. You know, just because I'm dating Amber doesn't mean I'm sexually active type of thing. And he's like, I got to go. You know, I got school tomorrow. And you see uh, Nolan. He's kind of kind of looks a little sad. And we see this um, transition from that to Nolan sleeping. His beeper goes off. And uh, you see uh, Debbie kind of get angry. She's like, God damn beeper. Like, God, what? Why do you have to have that fucking beeper, Omni-Man? Come on. You got to wake up your wife like that? Can't you be a little more subtle and not um, go and do super speed to get out of bed? Just get out of bed like a normal person, you know? So the next day, Mark is at school. Uh, I guess he just got done with lunch. Him and Adam Eve are leaving. Uh, William catches him in the hallway, and he's like, Hey, man, what's up? Uh, You want to get together and hang out later today? And he's like... Um, yeah, I'll catch up with you later. Uh, I got to go to the comic book store and get my new comic books. And he asks William, hey, you want to come with me? And he's like, no, I don't want to go with you to the comic book store. I might be a geek, Mark, but I'm not like that kind of geek. You know, I guess he's too good. William is too good to go to the comic book store. William does not want to get caught dead in the comic book store. I gotta say, William, a little disappointed in you. How can you talk like that about comic books? Comic books are awesome, and you just happen to be in a comic book, so you might want to go to the comic book store next time. Just saying, William. You know, anyways. Uh, so, we transition from that to Debbie is ha- having a cup of coffee, reading the paper, and she sees Nolan come through the door, and she's like, oh, you here for the day? And he's like, somehow I doubt it. Uh, and she's like, oh, she's uh, uh, what gives? And it turns out Nolan is having to pick up the slack that the new Guardians of the Globe are um, not able to keep up with. Because apparently they're not as efficient or effective as the last Guardians of the Globe. Nolan just saying you wouldn't have to keep up with all this extra stuff if you didn't kill the original guardians of the globe you know so his beeper goes off and uh they exchange i love yous and we move on to our next scene which we see one of the coolest characters who has only shown up like a couple times in this book and i hope we really get more of him but we have the demon detective standing outside the entrance to the guardians of the globe's headquarters and he's like my name is damien dark blood he's talking to a uh, guard posted uh, out there he's like don't you know who i am like your boss's bosses are in charge of me you don't even know like your boss's bosses type of situation and he's like he gets through and we see the aftermath of what happened with the guardians and we see a man he looks like a police officer a detective he has an eye patch and then we have this another detective who is has short hair she has like a like a tank top on or a cutoff shirt and jeans and she has a metal arm i can't remember if we've seen these characters yet before or they're new characters. But I want to know. How did she get that metal arm? 
it looks pretty cool. Not going to lie. It looks really cool. And she, she starts talking about how, look, we got called in because you, uh, Damien, could not figure out any leads to this situation. You know, so we are brought in. He, uh, She's kind of saying, like, he's, like, not fit for the job, I'm guessing. And he's like, look, look here, Missy. Look here. If this was another time and this was the old me, I would basically eat your face off for talking to me like that. Like, you know, quit being like insubordinate, little little scum. I, I, I would like kill you. But, you know, I'm a new change demon detective. You know, I like doing the job where I can figure out what's going on. And I've come back to try to piece things together, which I actually like the whole scene. I'm We need more demon detective in this book. Uh, I think he needs a spinoff. Just saying. But if you don't remember, Demon Detective is like Hellboy crossed with Rorschach. In the comic, he looks more like Rorschach, but with a demon face. In the TV show, he looks like Hellboy pretending to be Rorschach. It's really funny. Um, I guess they had to change it for copyright reasons for the TV show. (laughs) But we transition from the bloody mess that is the Guardians of the Globe's hideout to... Uh, a maximum security prison. So at this maximum security prison, we see the guard leading in Black Samson. And in the background, you see the the leader of the uh, Serpent League and oh, the Lizard League. Sorry, the Lizard League. And you see the elephant guy that Mark stopped a few issues back. Uh, the elephant guy's reading a book, obviously. And we see them come to this particular cell. And the guard's like, I'll leave you two alone. Inside the cell is Sanford. And Sanford was, or is, Black Samson's uh, butler. He's his equivalent to his Alfred. And you see him cleaning up his jail cell with his little little feather duster. Might I add. So, all the other people have, um, like, regular cell beds that are, like, attached to the wall. Sanford, I don't know if... Black Samson pulled some strings or what, but Sanford has like a bed, like an actual, uh, maybe like a a twin or queen size bed in his room. He's got framed pictures hanging on the wall, a shelf with a couple books, I think like an apple, a, uh, like some kind of jar. And he's got a full uh, set of uh, dresser drawer mirror combination going on in his jail cell um so we can see already that sanford is getting the special treatments obviously and you see sanford talking to black samson and he's like you know uh uh sanford's like the costume fits you so well i'm so glad you know my little escapade didn't damage the suit itself and Black Samson is like, look, I I wish you hadn't done this to yourself. And Sanford's like, look, I couldn't face what they did to you and how the Guardians treated you after the events of you losing your powers. So I felt like I had to do something and take vengeance or or, or get some kind of retribution for what they did 
and kicking you out and humiliating you. So, you know, I feel like, you know, it's it's a it's kind of a fair trade. And uh, Samson's like, look, we you don't need to be incarcerated. You need to get some kind of mental health. And he's going to try to pull some strings to get uh, Sanford into um, some kind of mental hospital to help him out because he feels like what Sanford did wasn't too bad. I mean, I don't know if Sanford actually killed anybody because they didn't say if he killed anybody when he attacked the memorial service for the Guardians. So maybe his crime is just assault on a superhero? Who really knows? Hmm, interesting. So Mark is on his way to, or he he's he was on his way to the comic book store. He gets to the mall, and he sees this long line at his comic book store. And he's like, hey, hey, man, what? He sees the guy at the end of the line. He's like, hey, man, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, don't you know, um, Philip Chef, the creator of Science Dog, is here. He's like, what? Science Dog? That's my favorite comic. If you don't know, that's a comic within the world of Invincible that um, Mark really, really loves. And you see it throughout, sporadically throughout. Uh, occasionally, he reads the Science Dog book. There is a, two issues of a Science Dog issue. I think Science Dog actually appears in person in this series, but I'm not for sure on that yet. So he's like, really? Oh, man, I got to go. Um, and he like zoops off. And he's like, huh? What? What? And he's like, oh, I just had to go get my comics out of the car. You know, and he comes with this like this like mini long box of comics. And he's like, huh? The guy's like, huh? That was awfully fast to go get your comics out of the car. He kind of he's like, huh? That's a little fishy, but okay. You know, Mark's indiscriminately using his uh his powers and you know off and on. So we get to see uh, Philippe Chef, I believe his name is, the creator of Science Dog. And Mark goes up to him. He's like, hey, look, I'm like your biggest fan. He starts fanboying out. He's like, I brought all my comics. You don't have to sign them all. Just I need just a couple of them signed. He's like, no, 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 don't worry. You used your hard-earned money to pay for these comics. The least I can do is defile them with my illegible signature. He's like, oh, man, thanks. And Mark starts talking to him about the comic book, Science Dog. And he's like, oh, man, I can't believe you're never late when it comes to drawing, creating, writing this comic. He's like, yeah, actually... um, a lot of the time, it's just, uh, I just reuse panels and pictures. And we get this funny gag within the book where, like, the next couple panels are just Mark looking at uh, uh, Philippe. And uh, he's, it's the exact same panels used over and over again until, <laughs> and he's, like, looking at him and he's looking back at him, which is really funny. He's like, uh, isn't that kind of a cheap thing to do? And he's like, no, not really. So I'm guessing this might be a slight knock on maybe the comic book industry or how comic book artists work, Uh, which it was funny to see. I wonder if this guy is an actual person. I'll have to look it up. 
because he looks kind of familiar. Because I know some people are based on actual people in this book. Um, but yeah, let's move on. So as that is going on, we see this big purple octopus chicken monster. It's like this huge kaiju monster. It's attacking what looks to be like uh, a sea. Like It's kind of like, looks like Coney Island-esque. We're just like um, Ferris wheel and roller coaster on next to a beach. We see Omni-Man take out this um, giant purple chicken octopus. And he's like, you know, just checking on, checking in on you guys. You know, make sure you guys are okay. Because as the chicken was attacking a roller coaster, there was people on it. So we had to save the people, right? You know, you know, it's okay. You know, all you guys are safe now. And then out of nowhere, oh my God, the immortal shows up if you don't remember last issue the immortal was um resurrected by the muller twins and he's like yelling at um omni-man and you see he just kind of like just bum rushes him down into the sand and he's like why did you do it why did you do it and you see them fly up in the air he's like Omni-Man says to Immortal, he's like, I don't know how you did it, but you should have stayed dead. He's like, I want answers. The Immortal says, I want answers. As this is going on, Mark is still at the comic book store talking to the, um, I lost my train of thought. He's talking to the store owner. He's like, yeah, I just asked him. He showed up and we got a creator. Too bad we didn't ask him ahead of time and we didn't have enough uh, advertisement. But, you know, uh, that's going on. You know, it's okay. Hey, do you want this uh, comic news uh, magazine newspaper? He's like, sure, yeah, I do. And Mark sees the TV and he sees what exactly is going on and he sees Omni-Man saved uh, these people from this giant monster attack and out of nowhere, somebody attacks Omni-Man, and we find out that that is the Immortal. We don't know if it's a provoked attack, attack or an unprovoked attack, attack, because the Immortal is supposed to be dead. And what we get this kind of interesting reference, uh, Channel 6 News, um, April O'Neil seems to be in this universe. Uh, there's somebody who looks an awful lot like April O'Neil from the Ninja Turtles. Um, I think it was Channel 6 News. I can't remember. Um, but you see this g going on. Uh, they're reporting from what happened at the incident as this is all going on live. You see Debbie. She is putting up laundry as this is happening. She sits down to watch the TV. And she's like, we will... Um, the newscaster is like, we will keep you updated to what exactly is going on with this whole situation. As this is going on, um, we see Omni-Man and Immortal up in the sky fighting. You can't, nobody can really see them because all the clouds are in the way. And he's like, Immortal's like, why damn it? Why did you kill them? You know? Uh, he's like, I'll beat it out of you if I have to. And you see this really 
awesome knockout dragout fight. And you see Omni-Man punching the immortal. And he's like, I, I killed you once. I can do it again. As he says this, Mark shows up in the background. And you see Immortal about to punch uh, Omni-Man. And he's like, you're welcome to try. The next panel goes over. Omni-Man is punching a hole through Immortal's stomach. Cutting him in half. Each half is falling to the ground. Omni-Man is soaked in the Immortal's blood. And you see Mark... And he's like, has a shocked look on his face. And he's like, Dad? And you see Omni-Man, and he's like, shocked as well. And he's like, son? And as he's covered in blood in this state of shock or surprise that Mark found out about what he just did and what he did to the Guardians a couple issues ago, he finally gets that one-on-one talk he's wanted to have with Mark. And he says, we need to talk. And that's how we end issue 10. Oh boy. Um, issue 10 was a real doozy. Um, it felt like it was a little shorter than the last issue. But it moved at a very brisk pace things are obviously starting to all come together now we have two more issues till the end of this first um ultimate edition is over with um no wait we have three more issues because this actually holds issues one to 13 i believe so the culmination of this first story arc is wrapping up man this was something that it still gets me this is the second time i've read it and it still gets me each and every time it's such a gut punch to the reader and to mark and his family as well because they are finding out or starting to find out what actually is going on what's um nolan's motives which we'll find out later it's it's really um, turning it turning itself around in a real interesting way. The artwork is just beautiful. Like you can see Ryan Otley coming into his own and just taking Invincible and making it his own and 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 expanding on what Corey Walker did with those first few issues, like the first seven or. Eight, eight issues, I think. No, seven issues. I believe it's his first seven issues was Curry Walker. This was such a gut punch. Um, and this will have lasting effects on the series, which is one thing I actually like about Invincible as a whole. Um, it's no, there's no real coming back from death a lot of time unless you're um, like of uh a viltramite you know <laughs> uh because they're the only ones that kind of only don't necessarily die because they're like the equivalent to superman 
but seeing this just all oh, just the fight was even though it's only a couple pages it's only like one two three four you get a nice good bit of action in this this issue um and you know yeah i like the april o'neill reference i love the um <laughs> the 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 scene with the comic creator i feel like it's it's hinting at something with in our actual world when it comes to creating comics and how uh you know it might be a little bit easier and less time consuming than some might think depending on if you want to reuse stuff um but yeah there is that um stay tuned for um our next episode where we continue the fallout of the rise and fall of omni-man you know um things are about to get really really interesting um i hope you guys check this out and pick it up um uh even though i'm talking about it you know i hope anybody who's new picks this up and goes read it goes to read it because there's nothing like reading invincible for yourself and um go checking it out because it's it's a really good book it's a good solid comic well at least these first 13 issues are uh we'll get to the rest uh some people say those are hit or miss sometimes well towards the end of the series but you know uh go check it out let me know if you're reading this series um along with me or if you already read this series uh make sure to go check out our other podcast if you're new and you just found this through the invincible um searching invincible but we are a takuology a podcast that covers anime manga comics tv shows movies uh, all kinds of nerd geeky topics that we are into go check out our main podcast which is a takuology as well as our other episodes with jen graves who covers a bunch of different cartoons each week he will cover episodes by episodes um if you're want to ask us a question concern topic you like us to cover you can contact us at otakuologypodcast and gmail.com and also on our instagram at otakuologypodcast you can find us all at all major podcast platforms google spotify apple podcast we're on anchor obviously uh thank you for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this stay safe you know go read some comics comics are cool Just saying. Anyways, guys, see you next Tuesday.